Hello there, and welcome to the Unfuck Your Biz with Brayden podcast, a show to encourage and empower creative CEOs just like yourself through actionable legal, tax, and financial topics. I'm Brayden Drake, an author, lawyer, tax pro, and educator, but you can just call me Brayden, your gay best friend, here to help you unfuck that biz. If you're ready to dive in, grab a notebook, maybe some coffee, and buckle in to learn how you can implement solid strategies to build a profitable business. Well, hello, friends, and welcome back to the Unfuck Your Biz with Brayden podcast. As always, this is your host, Brayden. And today I am joined by how many people do we have on here? Five guests. I have five guests today. This could be uh, a total mess or it could be the best thing we've ever done on the podcast. Who knows? You tell me once we're done. Um, But this I'm calling it meet the team. So we have on here um, pretty much everyone. Uh, that does work in the business, or at least we have everyone that does work for BradenDrake.com, which is our primary business. Um, We're only missing Janelle, who recently started doing our YouTube videos for the Business of Drag podcast. You can all go tune into that if you're interested. So um, I haven't like pre-scripted this as my whole team, they they were all laughing before this because um, they were upset that I didn't send them like pre-screen questions for this podcast, but they, if anyone should know that that's not how I roll. Um, So we're going to wing it because it's more fun. So we're going to start with intros. And I think the way I'll do it is I'll uh, introduce you in the order in which like you were hired. So I was trying to remember, do you remember, did I, did Lily start working with me for first or Chandra? Because it was pretty similar time, I think. Lily, do you know? Chandra, do you know? Yeah, I think it's Lily, because when I came on board, Lily was there already. Okay, Lily. All right, Lily, do you want to introduce yourself to share where you're located, uh, what you do, both like in your business and for other people, and then what you do for me? Yeah, uh, I'm Lily. I'm from the Philippines, and I started working with Braden since, I think, 2018, 2018, and then- uh, It's been that long. Has it been that long? Yes. (laughs) Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, so I do I do different things from Raiden since since then, but now my primary role is to edit uh, his uh, podcast audio. Um, I am a I'm an, a general VA for different clients. Um, well, other clients comes and goes, but I stayed with Raiden because uh, he's cool. Yeah. <laughs> okay, because I'm because I'm cool. Um, I yeah. did not tell all of you that you had to get on the podcast just to compliment me, but if they come free flowing, <laughs> then we will take them. Uh, all right, Chandra. Yeah, so I'm Chandra and I live in South Florida and I started working with Braden, I think in 2020. Um, I'm also a wedding planner and I also do BA work like mainly like within the wedding industry and that's how I found Braden originally. And I am now the customer support person for Braden Drake. So for everybody in the Profit RX and all the students, I handle all of their customer issues. Yeah. So Lily, I found you on Upwork, right? Was that right? Yes. Okay. Found yes. you on Upwork. And Chandra, I think you responded to an Instagram story that I post, but you were already in my membership at the time, right? Correct. Yes. Okay. Which is why you immediately got hired because I was hiring you basically to manage the membership that you were already a member of. So perfect. And that was the time. um, I think, did I hire you before we went into COVID quarantine or after? I think, no, it it definitely was after because I remember joining 
the program so the fundamentals to like like with to form the llc and like learn about contracts and that was like during like covid downtime like nothing was yeah. happening during yeah. the panini the global yes. panini uh <laughs> yeah because what we did so a little bit of a flashback for everybody i had a membership already when kind of covid came around but the bulk of my audience was wedding professionals and Chandra, as you well remember, and it will be no surprise to everyone else, uh, those folks had a very difficult time during COVID because they were having to cancel all of their events and reschedule them and trying to give refunds of money that they didn't have anymore because they already spent it and it was a total disaster. So basically our entire year uh, was dedicated towards uh, helping people through that. So that's what we did in that membership, which was um, super fun. I ended up creating this uh, program that did really well, really well for about six months and then totally nosedived because we got everyone the results that they needed, which uh, is great for a program, not so great uh, for a month to month membership, but lesson learned. Uh, we am managed to help a lot of people that year. So that was good. Okay, Emily, I think you're next. I am next. Um, I also came in during the pandemic, I think it was November 2020. And I like Chandra, um, you had an Instagram story, so I slid into your DM on that one. And um, I am located in New Jersey, and I am a social media manager and content writer for creative small business owners, mainly wedding professionals, which is how I was already following Brayden. I had discovered Brayden through um, one of the, the many wedding bundles during COVID and was following him from that. And what do I do for you? Um, I do uh, marketing and integration, so make making sure that, um, you know, your social media is done, your promotions for your podcast, um, your promotions for, you know, speaking and bundles and all of that. And, you know, getting you featured on, on podcasts. I think that covers it. Getting Brayden on TikTok, I feel like maybe would be my proudest oh. accomplishment of working with Brayden over the last couple of years. Is it an accomplishment? Are we killing it on TikTok? Or it's just an accomplishment that like I made an account and posted some videos? Oh. Both. Okay. I think it's an accomplishment that there are thousands of people that like want to watch somebody talk about tax. I think that that speaks to yeah. you. No, are the there thousands of people that want to watch that, or does it just show up on their uh, for you page and then like the view counts before they have time to scroll past it? Well, there are over four thousand people that thought that you were worth following to hear more about what you had to say <laughs> about tax. So I would say high success. Okay. All right. We're, we're off to a good, we're off to a good start. We'll have to get, we gotta, gotta get, gotta get the drag account rolling now too. Okay. I think, um, uh, this, as you all can tell, I, I tend to hire people in batches. So Connie and Juliet, you both got hired around the same time, but I think I hired Connie first, but I can't remember. I think I was first because oh, I you were? popped first. up on Blackthor and was like, Ooh, new person. Okay. But I joined so in like early January. All right, January this year, right? Yes. Yeah. Okay, cool. It simultaneously feels not that long ago, but also like a long time ago. I would agree. I feel like once it hit like six months, I was like, wait, it's been six months already. This is exciting. Yeah. 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 All right. Well, tell us all the things, Juliet. 
Okay, um, I'm Juliet, you knew already. I am located in the gorgeous Greenville, South Carolina. Um, I'm a copywriter. I write emails, sales pages, and websites for people with strong personal brands. So Brayden is 100% that. Um, and for Brayden, I write his um, emails, mainly for the podcast that comes out on Thursdays, and also any launch emails that are new kind of throughout the year. And it's lots of fun. Nice. And you remember the hiring process that I put you through? Oh, yes. I remember I was, uh, well, it was like the best onboarding document ever because it was like, here's the test. This is what I need you to do. This is what I don't need you to do. These are my values. If you're cool with that, keep going. And that was just so clear and concise that I was really excited to work with you. And I was told that I won that test and here I am. So yeah, congratulations. Thank you. Yeah. I had uh, several different people write um, email. Like I pay people for a test project, pay them to write emails. And then we pick the best candidate relevant to relative to the hourly rate. So that's the way. And that's the same way that I hired my YouTube editor recently. I didn't have them edit a whole episode because that would be wild. Uh, But I gave them a one hour long interview and asked them to edit the first 10 minutes of the episode. So that was fun. Had you ever done a test project? Have any of you done a test project like that before for any other clients? No, I had done test projects before and they were nowhere near as clear as what you had asked for. Um, so yours was super helpful. And as when I was a very, very new copywriter, I think I did test projects for free. And after like two of those, I was like, I'm not doing these again. So it's huge kudos. Thank you for paying people for any work that they do for you, even if it's a test. Yeah, no problem. So first of all, like who wants to do free labor? Boo. Um, but second, this is a good legal tip for everybody, not legal advice, just general educational information, of course, is that if you're going to pay or if you're going to hire people to do stuff and you're potentially going to use their work, like you want to have them sign a work for hire agreement as well. Uh, and it's pretty difficult to have a binding contract if you're not paying people. So, um, I paid people for those test emails and I let all of you know that even if you weren't hired, I still may use your emails, uh, in my promos, uh, in Juliet. I don't know if you'll be happy to know this or not, but I did pay for all those other emails and none of them were really at a standard at which <laughs> could, could be used. Um, some I of mean, the ideas, I'm, some of the ideas were good, but we had, a, I had to rewrite them. Yeah. Sad for them. Happy for me. Happy for you. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. Okay. Connie, you're next. Okay. I'm Connie. I live in Delaware, <laughs> unfortunately. Um, and... <laughs> we we moved here without planning to move out of state from Maryland so it's marshes and chickens and corn (laughs) there's not a lot going on um but for Brayden I basically welcome people into Brayden's besties the Facebook group and um we we always have people ask a question about something that maybe they need help with right now. And so I answer that question either like point blank um, or I point them in the direction of a resource that Brayden has created that can answer that question for them and um, also engage in the Facebook group and answer questions there. Um, I was a student of Brayden's prior to working with him. I went through Unfuck Your Biz and as far as strong branding, just going back to what Juliet said, um, definitely I knew that I needed that program 
when I mm -hmm. heard the name and I knew that it was the right program when I heard the name because um <laughs> I mean, because it's unfuck your biz. Like I knew exactly what I was getting <laughs> all in two words, three words. So anyway, um, and then I started working with Braden because he needed somebody who had been through the program to be able to answer some of those content questions. So that's the gist of what I do for Braden. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah, Connie, I had last year at Wedding MBA, I had someone come up to me and they told me that their um, toddler lovingly refers to my podcast as the F word guy podcast. Like, mommy, are we going to listen to that F word guy podcast again? Um, and I love that. That's great. But most of you, you know, you don't need to listen to the podcast with your children around if you're that worried about it. But I think most of the listeners know that although I have swearing in my branding, I don't actually like, I don't think I swear maybe as much as people think that I would based on the title. Who knows? Um, okay. So I'm trying to figure out which direction I want to go next here. What I'm, what I'm curious about. Okay. So first of all, I wanted to know that I do feel like we have a pretty large team for the size of my business. Like I'm assuming a lot of the folks that you work for probably don't have more than a couple of contractors, but let me know. What are your thoughts on that? I think, yes, but I think it's also like everybody has like a very specific role. And yeah. I think that that makes a lot of sense. Um, I think a lot of times, like with other people, it's like maybe the role that I have and the role that Lily and um, Connie have is usually like a combined thing. And then maybe it's like you're all over the place and one area is like not your area of expertise. So this makes like much more sense, at least to me. Yeah. I think I would just to piggyback on that. I completely agree. None of my other customers have this large of a team, but none of my other customers are as organized. <laughs> so it wouldn't work without having the organization kind of like the organizational side behind it. Um, and at least for most of my clients, I do everything except social media. So uh-huh. Completely agree with what Chandra said. Okay, so we've had this conversation offline before, but we'll have it again for posterity purposes on the recording. But I because you all tell me that all the time, right? And again, we don't want to make this like a compliment fest necessarily. That's not the point of the podcast. But I never feel particularly organized. I think it's because like I feel scatterbrained all of the time. But what like what what parts of the organization do you think work well? Like, what do we do? What do we do that you think actually makes things work in terms of organization? I think it's um, that you have SOPs and not that we reference them, but I think there's comfort in knowing that like, if we really need to take time off or something happened and there wouldn't be like, somebody could pick it up even if they hadn't done it before. And I think um, also that you use like a project management system, which like sounds like a no brainer. Um, <laughs> but for some people, like when you are the only person, the only contractor that they've had, like, you know, email works in that regard for the two of you at that time. But for the longevity of people's businesses, like that isn't going to work. And once they start to grow more and get more people, some of that base information is like now in old emails and now is scattered around and it's more difficult. So I think I would say for me, those are the two big things that make yeah. it. And that you use Voxer. So we know that we can contact you, but not in a way that's bothering you if you choose not to answer it. Yeah. And Emily knows if I am bothered, I'll usually just let, <laughs> let you know. <laughs> 
Yeah. I think uh, Emily, Emily messaged me the other day and I don't know why if I, so here's the problem. If I see a message, it's like, I have to respond to it right away because then if the read, like if the read notification is gone, then I'll forget about it. Right. So then I feel like I have to respond. So I got like four messages from Emily when I was on vacation in Hawaii and I woke up at like 5 AM because I had an adjusted time. So I gave like a really curt, probably rude response. And then like two hours later after my coffee was like, you know, in my system, I replied and I was like, apologies let me follow up and give more clarification like more clear clarification on that question um but yeah boxer yeah your boxer response is super fast yeah usually sometimes um do most people not you i would think it like i would think that everyone would have a project management system once they're working with contractors no no no. They don't. I was going to say, I 100% agree with Emily, even though I don't feel like we all work with like the other team members, we can at least see what's going on and see kind of the process. We know what everybody is doing and kind of where we fit into that. And I think that's why everything feels so organized is like everyone knows what's going on. And that is uh, few and far between sadly with other clients. Yeah. So tip for everyone listening, right? So these are good takeaways, get a project management system. We use Asana now. Um, I used to use Trello, Chandra and Lily. I think you were the only two working with me when we were on Trello, right? Emily, were you working with us yet when we had Trello? No, just that you store stuff on there now that we don't typically use, but have. yeah, we have some like old stuff because Trello is free. So we still have some old shit on there that we just never moved over. Um, I was going to ask things have changed. They, well, you all can share things change all of the time in our project management system, but I always like to say that it's always a change of making things simpler and not more complicated. Cause now we only have three projects on our Asana account. Um, Chandra, do you remember what our Trello account looked like two? I was going to say three years ago, but two years ago, I guess. Um, yes. I mean, personally, I like Asana better. Yeah. But the Trello was also pretty organized. Like we we had the content bank with all of the blocks in there for like the questions that people asked in different categories. So it was super easy to like find the answer like right away. But I yeah. was gonna say like another compliment. Like I was gonna take you from like back on like what Emily said, like what blew my mind when she was talking about the SOPs, what blew my mind was that you had an SOP on how to create SOP. Like that was so meta. Because when I started, actually, I think a lot of the SOPs were not done yet because I had to, I have created like some of the SOPs that are there uh -huh. now, but it wasn't like, oh, go and create an SOP and like you have like a blank page, which would usually be the case. It was like, oh, I want you to create SOPs for everything that you do. And I think some of this, those things are things that like Connie do, does now, or like some of those things were like things that maybe Lily was doing, but you wanted like a, a different SOP for it, but then you sent me an SOP on how you want the SOP to be set up. So it was like an SOP on how to create an SOP. I was like, yeah. So you all can actually thank Amy Porterfield for that because she has a fabulous course called systems that scale. And she gives SOP templates in that program. And one of her templates is their SOP SOP. Right. Um, but that actually, it sounds like it, it's funny. It sounds funny when you say it out loud um, and also kind of ridiculous, but then once you actually get it, it makes a lot more sense because essentially you just want all of the SOPs to have the same structure. So really it's just like an outline or a framework of like what you're going to put on it. Right. So like at the top, we put time expectations for this specific task or whatever. But the great thing about that 
is we used to be a lot more diligent about creating SOPs. Now it's less so because you all know how often things change around here, but it's the things that are always stay the same. Um, like how we approve people in the Facebook group. We want to have an SOP for that because I remember like Lily, you, you used to do that, but then I think you were either out sick or on vacation. So then I had Chandra pick it up one day just by following the SOP. And then when we hired Connie, Connie started doing it and it's like, Oh, we just have basically anyone can go do that. Like we could have Juliet do that if we needed her to. Um, not that she maybe would want to, but the SOP is in Asana. We needed her to do that. Bookmarking um, it now, just in case. You're what? I'll bookmark it now, just in case. <laughs> okay, bookmark. Yeah, bookmark it. Bookmark it. One of the things. One of the things that you all know I'm constantly working on is I want things to be like as streamlined as possible and. In the beginning, what we tried to do was we had, remember, um, so this was probably Emily and Lily when we had the whole, we had our podcast, uh, we had our podcast plan on a board format in Asana. And it was like, every time we completed the task, we moved it to a new column. How long did that process last? <laughs> it was there. Sometimes, but I think that is also valuable and that sometimes we discover that it's not working and then eventually like, yeah. right, we gotta, we gotta change this up because now we're trying mm -hmm. something new with the checklist. Yeah. And you know, have, do you all know about my, my harping on micro versus macro organization? It's something that I teach in profit RX. Now Chandra is the only one that's nodding. I've talked a little bit about it during our team meetings um, and, and in pot different podcasts too. So I talk about how there's micro organizers and there's macro organizers. So I've learned now that I'm a macro organizer. So like, if you go in my closet, I now just have like a giant bin that's like athletic shoes. So like everything goes in that bin, right? Rather than having like a different box for every single thing. Some people who are micro organizers do really well with that. And I think that's when you have an Asana with like 18 projects and like all these specific things. That doesn't work for me. So that's why having that detailed kind of production calendar didn't really work um, unless you're having an integrator and your business is going to manage it all. And now we do everything on a calendar format, which is fun. Okay. So I want to move to kind of a different topic. Let's talk about, we'll do a little bit of a SWOT analysis. So you shared some things that you like, namely organization. We can share some other things, but um, who's bold enough to share what they think an area of improvement might be in the business as far as team and organization goes? Everyone's like, oh boy. I'll go just because. Okay, go like ahead. I've, I've already heard about it, and it's, but I don't think it's like a huge thing because it was just something that came up as this could be helpful. And Emily and I were thinking about it. And then I think you brought it up to Emily. So a launch calendar, because when we get into launch phases, like I feel like all of the normal stuff that everyone knows is expected all the time doesn't need to be over organized in Asana, but now that we're getting into launch phase, also don't want to over-organize that. But I think I've heard little inklings about a launch calendar, which uh -huh, uh -huh. is exciting and something that Emily, Emily and I had already been thinking, oh, maybe that would be helpful. And then I think you also came to that conclusion. So, but that's kind of cool because I feel like we're all thinking the same, even if we're not all talking about it all at the same time. Yeah. I will piggyback on that going to be brave here and share weakness. Um, I don't know that it's a weakness. I don't think it's a weakness. I think that, um, I think when you are working with any, your contractor for anybody, 
when the way that you want, because some people would say the contractor comes in with a system of how they want to organize things because it's, you know, the projects that they're working on. Whereas other people, especially if it's an established business and there's already other contractors, like in your case, you come in and the, the, the person, the business owner has the system already. And I think that it can be a challenge sometimes when people's systems are different. For example, Brayden, big minimalist, other people, maybe not so much and want like more, more notes, more, you know, things like that. And I think that that can be a challenge, good and bad at times, um, when it's a matter of, you know, people's preferences on, on workflows and how yeah. things are completed. Yeah. Then the note on the launch calendar. So that's something that Emily and I ended up chatting about the other day. Cause kind of the problem that we're, that we're bumping into is right now we have a project in Asana called our content calendar and it's viewed in a calendar format. And on there, we put all of our, all of our content, right? So every Thursday we have a podcast episode. Every other Thursday, we have another podcast episode for our second podcast. Now we put our social content on there. And then I usually outline our launches on there as well, just so that we can see what our content needs to be based on when our launch is going to be. But the trouble is that now we have Emily managing the launches, meaning uh, she's kind of in charge of making sure that things are promoted in the right time. And then obviously, Juliet, you're writing the promo emails. And like, for example, is it October, Emily? We're participating in right now, as of right now, participating in three different bundles in the month of October, along with a summit. And then we have Wedding MBA in November. And then we have our own launch after that. So it's like, I don't want all that on the content calendar because it looks cluttered and then I get overwhelmed. So we're going to be creating a launch calendar. Did you decide that you're doing that in Google, Emily? Yes. Unfortunately, you can't have multiple calendars on Asana at the same time, just in case people of Asana are listening to this. I'm sure they are. Um, We need like two and we can't. So yes, Google Calendar is what it is going to be. Because I don't know how this works. I'm sure people who are listening are probably laughing because I just started using Google Calendar like two months ago. Um, I've used a paper planner up until this point in my business. Um, but I said, I want a calendar where it can be like all of my appointments on one calendar and then like launch dates on another calendar and you can like click a button to see them both on the same calendar and then like unclick the button for them to separate. Does that make sense? Is everyone laughing? Are they like, yeah, we do that for a whole bunch of stuff. Because I could imagine, Connie, like, do people with children have, like, kids' calendars and then you, like, overlay them? It's got to be all together for me. (laughs) Because otherwise I won't, I'll do things like, I do this, a little off subject, but I do this for meal planning. Like, I'll plan out meals sometimes and then realize I plan to cook something that has to cook in the oven for two hours or whatever on a night that one of my kids has something. So, like I don't have two hours, so it has yeah. to be all on one. So I don't overbook. But how you all yeah, manage, I, I don't know. I just, I have to manage my cooking around my CrossFit schedule. And sometimes that's <laughs> dicey enough for me. Um, all right. I thought it'd be fun to ask uh, because we want to make this kind of a conversation, just make it fun. We're actually going to be doing a lot of changes. So not to make all of you nervous, my team members on the podcast, uh, most of you already kind of know what's coming down the pipeline, but we're going to have a lot of changes coming up because I'm currently working with my friend uh, Kira at Paradigm Consulting to move some of you into employee roles. 
Um, because some of the stuff I'm having you do, as you know, from the podcast are a little bit dicey as a contractor. So some stuff's going to be changing. Um, Emily actually messaged me. When was that Emily? A couple of weeks ago and was like, do you still want to do this podcast if everything's going to change? And I was like, I don't know, maybe we shouldn't, but then also like we can do a follow-up podcast and talk about what's been different, which would be kind of fun. Um, so that's all coming, but I want to make this generally useful for our audience as well. So I want to ask all of you. Do you have anything as like a, from a contractor perspective that you would want to share with business owners, like best practices or, oh my God, if one more person does this, I'm going to pull all of my hair out. Um, so specifically like tips and guidance for business owners who are hiring virtual assistants, social media managers, copywriters, et cetera, in their business. How much time do we have? A lot of head nods. We'll go around the horn. So Emily, you can start. Um, Let's not get too carried away, but tell us uh, the top level things. Yeah. Well, I'll also make this a shameless plug for you in the meantime. But one of it is that knowing if you need a contractor versus a part-time employee, um, and some of that is based on time turnaround and what you're looking for in a project. If you're looking for somebody who is like going to be on call to edit things or do things for you quickly, like you're looking more for like a part-time employee versus like a contractor who's renewing for projects. Um, I think is, is a big one is doing research as to like what it is that you actually need, especially, and also getting comfortable with like, as a, as a contractor updating your contract. And then as a, um, as a, as the client, like knowing that your contractor will come back to you to update a contract, because again, to plug Braden, like Braden's always talking about scope creep. And like, that is a very real thing for contractors. And it's something that we all struggle with because we want to help our clients, but also don't want to get taken advantage of. And so I think, you know, as your business grows, that's really wonderful. And you may want your contractor to take on more projects, which they very well may want to do. Um, but it needs to be a conversation and not something that you just like kind of subtly funnel in. Um, so those would be my two. Yeah. So quick note on that. All of you that are here get paid hourly, right? So when it comes to scope creep, the scope, well, Emily, you're probably the best example because you're doing a lot more now than you were doing when you originally got hired, but you're paid hourly. So anytime I want you to do something new, I'm like, Hey, can you do this? Do you want to do this? And you can say no, right? Because if you say no, I just hire someone new, right? Mm -hmm. Um, If you're hiring someone on a project basis, then your contract needs to be a lot more clear about the scope. So if Juliet's going to charge me a flat fee for a set of launch emails, then in our contract, we need to be very, very clear about how many emails is that going to include? How long should the emails be? Like, are we paying for per word? Probably not. That probably wouldn't make sense. But if you deliver me 10 emails that are all one paragraph long and I paid you $10,000, I'm not going to be very happy, right? So things need to be specific. Whereas when it's hourly, you can be a little bit more broad. And that's something I talk about, like, obviously with my students. The whole employee contractor thing is a whole different thing. Um, And that's actually why a couple of you are probably going to be onboarded as employees because we want to start doing, um, as you know, I really like to focus on KPI tracking. And when I talk to Kira, who's our HR consultant now, um, and I understand this from a legal perspective, right? And she understands it from a practical perspective. And she says, you're going to have contractors track KPIs, but it's really, really hard to have a contractor responsible for a KPI. KPI means key performance indicator for all of our listeners, meaning that it's really hard to hold, you can't really hold a contractor accountable to a KPI. You can in the sense that you're like, okay, well, if I'm paying you, 
to like get us clients and you're not getting us clients, I'm not going to continue the contract, but in order to have like a progress plan, that's more of an employee role. So that was a good one. Who else had something they want to share? Um, um, I'll, I'll, I'll talk about uh, hiring, uh, doing outsourcing of the job in another country. Yeah. So because of time difference, um, business owners should set uh, a time for the contractor to be online if they need to so they get respond uh from the contractor easily and then uh set an expectation because uh usually contractor works with different clients especially freelancers and the some tasks get mixed up and got delayed so the turnaround time should be uh set on a on earlier than what you need to <laughs> so in time in times uh contractor may do revisions um your, your, your system, your flow won't get interrupted by uh, those things. Yeah. Lily, do you have any clients who need you to be online like during a specific period of time? No, but I, uh, I, as you know, I, I, pre I prefer working at night because I have a child in the morning. So it's easier to work when everything is silent. <laughs> yeah, it's 1 a.m. your time, isn't it? Yes, yes, it is. And you're just like <laughs> totally awake and ready for more work. Is your day just getting started? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Yes. Okay. Um, uh, who else? I'll go. Um, I would say having a good onboarding process, but I think Julia talked about that. That's very important um, to just like get somebody started so that they know what they're expecting. And part of that, I guess, is the contract, which is obviously something that you help with too, that you have like a clear contract for your contractors. And then the next thing I would say that I think is very important and what's been different with you it's just having the information there so that your contractor like feels like empowered that they're not that they don't need to, to answer questions like all the time i feel like we have like for example for me like i process the book orders and i have access to like logins that i need access for i actually probably have access to like more you're very trustworthy so you, like you've sent me like your your credit card information before yeah like, chandra <laughs> knows all my credit card numbers like literally all of them but I, I i mean i don't remember them but i feel like just having like that information there and having it available for for someone to like easily access as opposed to like i'm constantly because i've worked with people before where you are like either sending a facebook message or like a boxer message and you're waiting like two days to like just get like a code or like a password back yeah, I'm actually debating if we should move to Slack. We can talk about that maybe during one of our team meetings. I don't love Slack because it's just like another thing to have. But at this point, it's probably, I would assume you all can tell me, but it's probably fine for you all. But there's, I message all of you on Voxer, but then there's like some of you that I also Facebook message. And then there's like some of you that I also Instagram message. And so then I kind of have to remember like, just because the only reason we do that is because Voxer is like only on my phone. So sometimes if you like need a hyperlink something, it's just easier to do it on the computer. And I always have Facebook open. So I don't know, I might have to, we might have to do Slack. I don't know how I feel about that, but we'll, we'll see. Uh, Juliet, did you want to share any, any key tips for working with maybe working with copywriters specifically? Um, well, I was just going to say to, for any business owner looking to hire contractors is don't be afraid to start small and start with like high quality. Like, I feel like some people think hiring means you have to hire somebody for 40 hours a week or 15 hours or 20 hours. You can hire somebody to do something for like five hours a month. Yeah. Um, and I recommend, you know, picking someone who's going to get, give you the most out of those five hours. 
Um, for copywriters specifically, that is a great question. Um, I would say just expectations and, you know, make it clear what the tasks are. Like copywriters don't write everything. We don't like most of us are very specialized. So if you're going to hire a copywriter, be really clear on what their strengths are. And, you know, if they're offering social media captions or emails or blog posts, because some copywriters will do all of it, but others will be like, no, like that's not my lane. Um, and so just being clear on what you're looking for and needing there. Um, and then just having, I guess, a good process on for them to know what they're doing next. If, if they're yeah. doing blogs, do they need to be doing the research or are you doing the research? And then, you know, with podcast things, are they going off of show notes or are they listening to the podcast? Just I don't know, lots of communication, I feel like is key in any business owner and contract relationship. Yeah, that's it. That's a good point. And because we have, so in our business, um, you write, you mostly write sales emails, right? I don't think I've had you write any sales pages yet, but that's because we haven't had to write any since you've been hired. We probably yeah. will have one coming up in a month or two. Um, get excited, everybody, for what that's going to be about. Stay tuned. And then Emily does all the social media captions and then... The very occasional blog post, <laughs> and I say very occasional because we always talk about blogs that we're gonna um, that we're gonna do. And then I don't know if you if you're listening to this and you still read blogs, please let me know whether whether I should keep putting uh, effort and energy into them. But most of our blogs are pillar posts, so it's actually Emily. I you need to remind me later today or tomorrow that quarterly taxes are due in three days, so we should probably send an email with a link to our quarterly tax blog. So that's how we use most of our blog posts. Um, on the whole, you can start out working with someone five hours a week or five hours a month. Uh, Lily, that's pretty much what we did, right? Do you even remember what tasks I was having you do when I hired you? It was the podcast and Facebook approvals. Was I having you do anything else at first? Uh, social media cards. So you asked me to design a social media cards, which is very, your design is very straightforward. Uh huh. So you made the template yourself. So I just updated weekly. Yes. And you also managed our Pinterest account for like a Pinterest, year, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Every once in a while, I log on to Pinterest and like things are happening there. It's just Pinterest is like a weird land. I don't understand. Lily, we might bring it back at some point, but God only knows. Who knows if we'll bring that back. But yeah, that's kind of how we started. And you were maybe doing what, like two hours, two hours a week, three hours a week? Yeah. Yeah. Almost, yes. Um, and I remember like one of the main reasons I hired Lily is because I simply needed to like edit the podcast intro and outro onto the podcast. Cause I went probably 50 episodes before I even had an intro and an outro. And I didn't even want to learn how to edit that in. So I hired Lily to do that. And then with my own Facebook group approvals, when I was doing that myself, I would go, I would like do it every day for a week. And then I would go like three days without doing it. And so then I decided I needed to hire someone just to make sure it got done on a daily basis. All right, Connie, is there any wisdom you want to impart on our listeners? Um, I mean, the biggest things I feel like have already been covered, but having a really clear idea of what it is you want to hire somebody for yeah. so that they know what, or yeah, so that they know what your expectations are. And then the next one I would say is, um, hire carefully, like make sure the people that you're hiring align with your values. Um, I know when I'm looking for a job, I make sure I know who the person is and what they do and what they stand for before I even apply. 
but not everybody is like that. You don't necessarily want to end up working with somebody that does not align with your values. Um, and then the next thing is respect their boundaries. I know, interestingly, I'm on the East Coast and all of my, not all of, but a lot of my clients are on the West Coast. And I have some in particular who really push the boundaries as far as time, um, mm -hmm. have a contract with your contractors. And if there's a time element on there, respect that. Um, and I, and along with that, like make sure the things that you have to deliver to them in order for them to do their job, you deliver on time so that they can do their job on time. Like if you send a weekly email, don't send them the topic or the copy for that email, you know, 30 minutes before it's supposed to go out <laughs> because as contractors, um, especially, well, really anybody, but like I have, for example, I have clients that have uh, emails that go out on the weekend. And I have a few who always at the very last minute are sending me copy. And I'm like, sorry, it's not going to get done. Cause at 11 o'clock on a Friday, <laughs> I'm already in bed. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not going to schedule your email right now. Um, and just being understanding about the fact that you don't own their time, you know, their, their time is theirs and they're working with you, not I don't want to say not for you because they are working for you, but um, just being respectful of that is really important. Uh, and I find that's really the one area where I've had issues with clients. And I, again, I'm very careful about who I work with. So even when I'm working with somebody that I, you know, really love, I don't, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna push those boundaries, if that makes sense. Cause most of us do what we do for the, and having an element of time freedom yeah, and you know, that choice. And if you push those boundaries with somebody that you enjoy working with, they may not want to work with you anymore. <laughs> yes. I just piggyback off of Connie for a second. And also at the same time, flip it for contractors. Cause I know you do have contractors that listen to this too. Um, and I, I am guilty of it. So it's not like you know, like I think a lot of contractors do it where we want to help our clients. So then we do, you know, start to accommodate like, oh, you know, it's okay this one time if you push my boundary, but then that can be read as like, oh, well, I could do this again in the future. And so as much as we want to help them, like sticking to our boundaries is also critical because once it happens once or twice, like you are kind of opening the door for scope creep. Um, yeah. And, and then it is confusing to the client when they really want that. And you're like, no, I, I only did it this one time. But that's where we have need to have like really clear expectations, right? So like you all know, I try not to give anyone super tight turnarounds. I would say the only time that typically happens is for our monthly profit reports. Um, because sometimes, you know, if like Wednesday is the first of the month, then I'll record it on Wednesday. And then there's like a lot of steps that have to happen to get it published on Thursday. But for the, for the, for the most part, for other tasks, I always try to say, um, hey, I want to do this. Like, I want to get this done in two days. Like, do you have the time? Do you have the availability? If not, I can do it, but let me know. Um, your client, like other people's clients may not um, 
do that, but you might need to tell them that they should do that. So um, telling them, hey, you can ask me, like I require a one week's notice, but if it's less than that, you can ask me if I have time to do it, but that doesn't necessarily mean that I'm going, that I'm going to. Like that's the conversation that you need to have with them. That's actually, Juliet, kind of the conversation we had about your emails um, about a month ago, because long story short, um, Juliet came to me and she's like, I haven't been writing a whole lot of emails. Can we write some more emails? And I was like, well, my issue is, is I tend to like to do a lot of the fly by the seat of my pants promotions. And then I feel bad like messaging Juliet and say, hey, can we get an email for this by tomorrow? Um, but now we just kind of have an understanding that I'll ask you and then you just let me know if you can get it done or not, right? Yes, and that is, I feel like, again, where like communication is key because I really appreciate that you can be like, hey, I don't want to drop this on you. So I can do it myself and really stick to those boundaries. But on the other hand, then it's not like, oh, it was, it felt like almost an overcorrection of like, I'll just do it on myself because I don't want to inconvenience. And so we just kind of came yeah. to a conclusion, like, let's just check in more and I can show more initiative by asking like, Hey, what do we have coming up? So that then you can give it to me. <laughs> um, and so that's kind of a win-win I think for both of us. Yeah. I think Juliet probably saw all these emails that were all these promo emails that were going out and was like, Brayden did not ask me to write any of these. But usually I'm writing them when I'm at Starbucks at like one in the afternoon and I'm like, I finished all my work for, for the day and I don't know what else to do. I'm like, let's sell some shit. We'll write a promo email. That's oftentimes how it works. So I was going to ask you all, because that's often how I operate. Do you all feel like things change a little bit too much in the business? What are your thoughts on that? Because I feel like it's a little bit of a running joke at this point. Um. <laughs> Emily's just laughing. Um, Chandra has some thoughts. No, actually, I wanted to add something. Um, I think it's important before you hire that you um, are organizing, you have time management, and that you know what the time it's going to what to take the length of certain tasks because I think coming back to like you being on the Pacific coast like you're one of the few people that like I don't have an issue with that I think I'm not saying like hire someone like in your time zone but like if you are aware of like what certain tasks like how I feel like a lot of people hire someone and like they don't know what the task actually take and they think it's, they think it's going to take like an hour um and I think that does kind of tie in a little bit to your question about like things changing um and you're always saying that you do you do some things like very spontaneously, like those promos and like those emails. And that is true. But I think like the core of your business is like organized and planned out and strategically thought out. And I think that that is something that um, people need to realize that you can be spontaneous and you can only be spontaneous if like, like the foundation is, is proper. Like if you don't have like a proper foundation, then you can't be spontaneous because then you're just like, a chaotic mess yeah and i think you is like you feel like you are like that but you had a foundation before you brought us on and i think that that foundation is like it brings us back like even if there's something that's changing because you change things or you change your launch ideas but like we already have like the base and we already know what we're doing and we know that's it that's a good point because like right now we're already, I mean, we're recording this in early to mid September and we're already planning the launch we're doing in December, which that, you know, last month when we talked about this, that felt really far away. Now it doesn't feel that far away. So, but that's like our foundational launch. But during the launch, I might decide like, let's do an impromptu Q&A and like, let's make a promo email for that. So then you, you can kind of introduce a little bit of that into the mix. I think what's key is that, yeah, we do joke, you change your mind, you know, this and that, but 
<laughs> At least for me, like I can't really think of any example in which like I spent time doing a project where you were then like, we're not doing that or I changed my mind and like, that's not relevant. And like, I know you would still pay for the work, but like, I don't feel like you've ever set us up to like, you know, I don't say waste because we would get paid the time for something. So I think it's, if you, if you are somebody that changes your mind a lot and isn't sure and needs to talk things out, like it also needs to be very clear when it's like, this is the thing that we're doing. And this is when we're starting to take action. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good point. I thought I would read this to you all though, because I just, we worked on our, um, so we're going to, are going to have a job posting that's going to go up soon. And we wrote our mission and our values and our shared vision and part of our value statement that will go on our new hiring posts says, uh, we as a team expect each other to be comfortable with change as we pivot through fast, as we pivot through quick action decisions. Open communication is key as we don't expect each other to read between the lines, but more so feel comfortable speaking openly, truthfully, and respectfully. Do we feel like that uh, is indicative of the way that we operate as a team to talk to new people? Um, Cause I feel like you can, you can all attest to the fact that like, I don't, I can't, you just, it's like, you gotta tell me, you gotta tell me what you're thinking. Cause I can't, well, I'm not predicting anything here. All right. Like, just tell me, tell me what we got going on. Um, all right. Any final notes anyone wants to share as we wrap up the podcast here? I had one more thing just to add that kind of goes along with what you just read. Um, and that is it doesn't apply as much to you because you're already, you already do this, but talking to the people, like if you've already hired somebody for a specific task, um, talking to them when you are changing your mind or when you want to do something new, because one of the things we've talked a lot about is organization. And I see for a lot of my clients that that's an area that they struggle but they may not realize that that's something that I can help them with or that, you know, there are other, another contractor, somebody can help them with, because especially when we work with multiple people, we've seen different models and different ways that people work and probably have some input there. Yeah. Um, but aside from that, it makes us feel like valuable members of a team instead of just somebody who has been like assigned a task and is doing it, you know, like a kid does work at school. So <laughs> yeah, we that- do a lot of, we do a lot of brainstorming on our, so we do a monthly for everyone listening. We do a monthly team meeting, not everyone attends. So Juliet now, or sorry, we do a weekly team meeting every Monday and Juliet now comes once a month. Uh, Lily, you have not, you probably haven't been on one in like a year, right? Yeah. Yeah. Just because our time zones are so wacky. Maybe we'll have you start coming to one once a month as well. Um, just so that you're a little bit more up to date on what we have going on, but that's always good because our monthly team or a week, Jesus Christ, our weekly team meeting structure takes us, what does it usually take us like maybe 15 minutes. And then the rest of the time we just kind of like um, really what I've learned, Connie, and I think this is what you're getting at is I have a month, I have a mastermind that I'm in a business mastermind with my peers. Um, but I basically started treating our team meetings like a second mastermind and selfishly, it's kind of great because I'm paying you all to be there. Uh, so we don't talk about your businesses. It's just, I get to be very self-absorbed and just talk about myself and my business for the entire hour that we're on the call. But the benefit for everyone is that you all do feel included. And then it is nice because even 
you know, I think in a normal business structure, like uh, Connie might not know what Chandra's doing. Um, but in our business, like you do, because we talk about it. So we all kind of know what's going on in the business, even if you don't have a hand in it, which I think is super helpful. Yeah. Yeah. There's overlap too sometimes. And sometimes not so much in my role, but like, I mean, and even last week I had a question about something that Chandra was able to answer, you know, and I sent it in the group boxer. And even though I addressed it to you, Brian, Chandra was able to answer. So she answered and you didn't have to deal with it. So you, even though our tasks are separate, <laughs> even though our tasks are separate, sometimes there is overlap. So yeah. it's really helpful to have that team meeting. And then That's... agenda for the team meeting, which you do, which you have, which is- What'd you basically. say? I said, and an, and an agenda for the team meeting, which you'd be surprised a lot of people don't have. Like yes. A yeah. So uh, for our listeners, this is, I think, really helpful. So first of all, I actually cover systems in ProfitRx. It's our very last module, module nine. So it takes you a little while to get there, but it's where everything kind of comes full circle. And I just kind of share the way that I run my business. But a lot of the pillars and concepts that I teach come from the book Traction, which teaches the entrepreneurial operating system. It's written by Gino Wickman. So if anyone wants to go grab it on Amazon for like $12. It's called Traction. Um, I do not recommend the audiobook. It's very, very boring. Um, and there's a lot of exercises. So the printed copy is good. But I follow, um, I now follow about 50% of the meeting framework and, and Traction because a lot of it's just not really relevant. But that is what we do. Okay, final, final notes before you wrap up. I keep saying that. Um, but I added an extra final this time. I was just going to agree that as a plus, you have an amazing team to work with. Like it is really cool how that we can send a message and sometimes we'll have like three people pitching in that are like, yeah, that's right. Or try this or whatever. Yeah. And I mean, the contracting world and running our own businesses can be lonely. And so it is really special to be part of such a supportive team that has each other's backs. Yeah. Um, Juliet, well, I'm going to share this on the podcast, Juliet. Juliet once told me, um, basically, I was like, Juliet, we don't really need you on the weekly team meetings because um, the role that you have, it's just like we're writing the, the emails. It's it's uh, kind of siloed. Um, and Juliet was like, yeah, but I really like it because I get to hang out and talk to people. And I was like, I love that for you. Um, but I'm not necessarily going to pay you just to come hang out on our calls. Uh, and this again, goes back to our uh, transparency. <laughs> transparency yeah. No. And I was fine with that. I was totally yeah. fine with that. But again, that's where now I, I get to, you can pay me once a month and I can yeah, hang out. To come to so the call once a month. Um, so then what, what we're planning on doing moving forward is that's going to be like our longer meeting where we talk more about what we have. And we've been doing that a lot now because we're gearing up for a big launch. But when we're like kind of right outside of a launch, um, we're usually just talking about what's coming up in the next week or two. And then what we'll start doing is like once a month, we're talking about what's happening over the next quarter. And we'll do that um, when our whole team is there. So going to go ahead and wrap it up there. Thanks everyone for tuning in. I think what we might do in the future is once we um, iron out some of the upcoming roles that are coming, I might bring some of you back on, but maybe not all of you at once. We might break it down, maybe just like a one-on-one -on -one or a one-on-two situation, which will be fun. Um, are all of you open for business? Should we put all of your contact information in the show notes or are any of you like, I'm at capacity. I don't want any of the listeners to contact me. Um super limited and only available for wedding pros. <laughs> okay. Chandra is exclusive to the wedding industry. Well, we'll put, we'll still put all your socials uh, in the show notes. Emily, we'll put all of your socials in the show notes. 
Um, and then Lily will get this podcast edited. And then Juliet will write the promo email to go out to this. And then Connie will be sharing it uh, in any of the Instagram or Facebook DMs that come to new members who have questions on Teams. And Chandra, I'm sure that you touch this podcast in some way in your role as well. But everyone has a little bit of a hand in it. Thank you all for coming on the podcast. And thank you, everyone, for listening. Hey there, before you go, I wanted to give a quick thanks. Thanks so much for tuning into the show. If you loved it, I would love for you to take a screenshot of the episode or snap a quick selfie while you are listening. Share it on social and give me a tag. It'll help other kick-ass entrepreneurs like yourself find the show. That's it for today. I'll be back soon with a new episode. Meanwhile, let's roll up our sleeves and unfuck that biz.